0: welcome back to the big blue saloon i am peter storm i'm joined by the angry d-man eric diamond and the man with the golden voice brett merker this is the podcast where we never let important facts
1: get in the way of good humor. Merker, D Man, how have you guys been? Uh been good. I'm fired up for tonight. I'm wearing my number seventy seven, Mackay Becton jersey. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you ex- made those.
0: I didn't know they, they made do. those.
1: They do. It's it's uh it's actually when they drafted him. This this tells you how I'm suffering as a Jets fan. Usually you get a quarterback jersey, running back, wide receiver. I got offensive line, baby uh mckay becton is is the future and uh, i'm fired up to talk about the jets what would you do with your darnold jersey i didn't get one i actually used to have a sanchez jersey believe it or not one of our great quarterbacks of the past uh and i had to retire that one as well d-man has been chomping at the bit since it's of uh, since the trade to uh
0: get his shots in on uh on, uh, on uh, darnold so we're looking forward to that we're also pleased to announce we're joined by, the, by Neil Martucci, the Big Blue Saloon college football and NFL draft expert. Uh, Neil, thanks for joining us again. Uh, like I was saying to you before the show, you know a lot more than we do, and we are squarely in draft season right now.
2: There you go, using the word expert again. You know, I spent many, many years trying to set the bar really, really low for myself, and you're not helping out with this, <laughs> but <laughs> I do appreciate the invite. It's a pleasure to be back, uh, just finishing up my recovery from COVID and the COVID vaccine shots. So if I say anything crazy today, and by crazy, I mean agreeing with Storm on anything, we can just <laughs> claim it on the COVID, and I promise I'll be back to normal soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, for for those that don't know, Martucci and I don't agree on much, so that should make it for uh for interesting uh interesting banter today. Anyways, we, we are back after a bit of a hiatus, as I unfortunately messed up our last episode, which was actually really good. And when that episode is found, it will end up being the missing episode when the three of us are dead or retired. Um, but you know, guys, it was actually good news that people did not hear our NCA predictions because they were not very good. Our special guest, Michelle, recommended Iowa, and I think they lost in the second round. Merker and D-Man and I actually all finished in the top 50%, um, but not really that well. We'll get into exactly where we finished later. Anyways, guys, thoughts on how we all uh, did with March Madness, D-Man? I know, you, you know this was your first foray into it.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I did pick the, uh, the final two. I just got it backwards. But I missed so many early on that I didn't have a chance. I was really just hoping that the the championship game would have been close, but it wasn't. But you know, overall, it was it was nice to have the tournament back, though. Yeah, we, we yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, I was just gonna say for me, like, like I said when we talked about this two weeks ago, I had I barely watched college hoops this year, so I didn't think I would have a shot. Um, it was nice to watch some of the the players are going to be drafted in the top ten, top twenty. Uh, it's going to be a deep draft. That's exciting and, you know, worth the price of admission for that Gonzaga UCLA game. That was yeah. fantastic. That was our one shining moment of the NCAA tournament that we all got to see. It
0: was on late. Um, you know, I, I, you know, like a lot of the, this was with Jalen Suggs and and I watched Jalen Suggs play and I watched Kate Cunningham play and those guys are the consensus top two picks. I mean, Merker, if I'm an NBA GM, I, I think I'm taking Suggs over Cunningham based on what I've seen. I, well, me honest. too
1: yeah i agree and and number one reason for me is his defense uh his defense is really good it's in it, you know he, it's an nba caliber or on the way to nba nba caliber defense he understands defensive concepts already so i agree with you i think he's going to be top two at the worst top three when, when did they like...
2: start playing defense in the nba again did i miss that memo <laughs>
1: that's...
0: <laughs> well that's a good point yeah I, I just like everything about sucks he's a swagger about him that'll carry well in the NBA he's extremely competitive and Merker, you and I you you and I talk about this all the time the things that separate the all-stars from the also-rans is that intangible killer instinct competitiveness that guys LeBron James have and KD have and and even even a guy like Kyrie and Harden they all have it and Giannis is starting to get it too so you know and I think Suggs has that so we'll see agreed much more on March Madness later uh, this week, we'll recap an exciting free agent period for both teams. Uh, we expected it from the Jets, but we did not expect it from the Giants. Sam Darnold was finally traded. Was it the smart move? What did they get? Will we, di- we will dissect. Martucci is here for a reason. We will discuss the latest draft rumors for both teams. There was a big pre-draft trade last week that was very fascinating. And we'll have the latest QB news. And D-Man cannot wait to talk about the new 17-game season. I've never seen D-Man so interested in something in the 17-game season. I guess it's just an extra week on so that he doesn't have to plan anything on Sundays. <laughs> in addition, we will have the big, you know, in addition, we will uh, get back into uh, March Madness. So before we get into the Giants, uh, John Mara had a press conference last week, and which is odd for him. Um, he usually holds his press conferences uh, before the season, right after the season, but he decided to... Uh, have a press conference and pound his chest out a little bit after the giant spending spree. So I'm going to play this clip from you because this is the one that uh, that I took took away from from this this press conference. Take a listen, John. Um, you, you've mentioned a few times uh, in the past that you're you're tired at the end of the, of the season of telling fans to be patient, kind of thing. So I'm curious, like, wh- what do you view as this free agent spending spree as? Like, what's what's the message it's sending to your fan
1: base? Well, I think it's just the fact that we're committed to doing whatever we have to do to put a winning team on the field. As I said before, um, there were opportunities that presented themselves to add quality young players um, that were highly regarded, uh, that we think that can make an impact, and also were positions of need. So we took advantage of them. And,
0: um, now we'll get into whether or not these are the right players. I know Martici has some very, very strong opinions on this. Um, this question was asked, and this is my favorite moment of the press conference. John Maris said that he's sick of losing. Okay, well, so we're sick of him, sick of them losing. And he also said he goes into every season thinking they're going to make the playoffs. I go into every season thinking they're going to get the number one pick in the draft. So, (laughs) you know, we'll we'll see what's going on. But, D-Man, I'm going to admit that if people had heard our uh, missing episode, I was killing Gettleman for being unprepared for free agency. And then he trolled us by signing a running back, Devontae Booker, and then sitting quiet for a day or two. But the Giants definitely showed some rare aggressiveness aggressiveness, and have definitely improved the team. Now, is it improved enough to make the playoffs? And are got Kenny Galladay and Adoree Jackson and Kyle Rudolph the right guys to spend big money on? Um, but I do, you know, as a Giant fan, I do welcome the rare aggressiveness. They're the only team that doesn't play around with the cap. They finally got creative with void years and what have you. And, and he, he, you know, Mara expects to make the playoffs. Now, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if they're going to now. I'm going to read off the list of players, and, and D-Man, give me a comment, and, and then we'll go for Martucci, too. So their, their big-name free agent was wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Everyone's already comparing him to Plaxico Burris. Will he do for Daniel Jones what Burris did for, Daniel, for, for Eli Manning? Um, Galladay does, is a talented player, but he comes in with a lot of question marks, as Martucci has pointed out to me almost every day since they signed him. Now, D-Man, what did you think of the Galladay
3: signing? Well, I think the Giants had to do it. Um, they needed a wide receiver one and he is that. But what's interesting about Galladay is, you know, when you think of wide receiver, you know, one, you're thinking of someone who catches a hundred balls a season. Galladay's never caught more than seventy passes. You know, he you know had over a thousand yards, obviously. But the one thing that he does that the Giants need is someone who can catch the difficult ball in in and and uh crowded he can go up in the air and grab it just like Barris did back in the day with Eli Manning. So we're hoping that he's that type of player. Obviously, he needs to stay healthy. Um, but, you know, obviously, he's an upgrade over anything that we have. So I'm a, I give kudos to Gettleman for for making the signing.
0: Uh, Mark, you have a completely different view on Gallaudet. So I,
2: I actually missed the one episode where you were uh, showing some hate towards Gettleman. That's, that's <laughs> absolute news to me. I've never heard that before.
0: I mean, <laughs> I promise tonight, in honor of his free agent, free free agent spending spree, that I will not show Gentleman any. Hate.
2: Oh, now that's the special episode we've all been waiting for. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> time is going to tell, right? I mean, the hot take is they did fine. You know, I like the Jackson signing. I think uh Bago, however you pronounce his name, and Raglan, these are guys with some upside that could outplay their contracts, you know, which is always what you look for in free agency. You know, is he the next Shaq Barrett? You know, you never know. A guy that didn't get enough playing time is going to come over and, you know, really show his talent. You know, I mean, those are the things you kind of look for in free agency. Ross, I mean, he's a non-event to me. I think you have more upside with a fifth-round rookie, but, you know, that's just me. Galladay, obviously, that was the big fish. Did they overpay for him? Absolutely. And did they bid against themselves? Sure. You know, I get what they wanted to do. They wanted to show the team and the fans they were committed to winning. You know, ultimately, obviously, you hope they have a plan. But what scares me, too, is, you know, the reason you say we need a a wide receiver one is, okay, let's give – You know, Daniel Jones, a realistic opportunity to show us what he's got. Is he the quarterback of the future? Is he the franchise quarterback? But when you give a guy $72 million like that and everyone wants to see him contribute right away, is he going to have those deer eyes, you know, deer in a headlight eyes towards him? Is he going to be looking only at him on every play? Is he going to be able to spread the ball around to, Ingram, if he ever catches it, Shepard, everyone else. You know, that's, that's what you kind of, you know, worry about sometimes when you sign one of these guys is what, what's going to be that fit. Um, but, you know, like I said, you know, you, you hope they have a plan. You know, I was actually watching Moneyball the other day in my free time. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> and, uh, and what you see is, listen, there was a plan. There was guys that you didn't expect to do well that no one else liked, but they put them all together. And that's what you, that's what you really hope for out of your GM.
3: That's you a, know, you that's mentioned a, overpaying for Gall- Galladay, but you could say they definitely overpaid for Jackson.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, D-Man, you make a good point of Jackson. He got cut by Tennessee, and he's actually making more money with the Giants than what he was going to make with Tennessee. I, I, the Adoree Jackson signing has gotten a lot of um mixed mixed reactions around the league. I understand why they do it. He's actually going to be a cornerback, too, for the Giants, so he probably excels in that position. and. They could probably ignore it in the draft a little bit since Sertain will probably be gone by the time they pick. So I, I understand the Jackson signing. I think the one that bothered me, um, and, you know, we, and I was reading off from there, you know, mentioned Galladay, you mentioned John Ross, you mentioned Dory Jackson, you mentioned Odena Biggo, Danny Shelton, Randy Raglan. They even signed Mike Glennon for less money than, uh, than Colt McCoy was making, and I have a feeling Glennon can throw the ball harder. Another guy they got they signed was Kyle was uh, was uh, uh, Ryan Anderson from Washington. He could be a sleeper playing behind all those guys. The signing that I didn't really understand was Kyle Rudolph. That was a lot of money for a guy who's injured and 31 years old. And I uh, am Nortucci, this is a rare time where we agree because you were panning the Rudolph signing.
2: It, it just what what's he gonna do for you? He's not taking you to the Super Bowl this year. He's not mentoring Ingram. What's he really doing? He's just getting in the way, he's taking up money. I mean, as far as Jackson goes. Did they overpay for him? Maybe, but overpaying for the cornerback is a lot less. And I think it was a three year deal. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Three year with the void, the void, right? So listen, you're you're not locked into them. If you need to get away from them after two years, that's fine. You know, you look at the wide receivers in the NFC East right now, and it's a pretty deep list of some quality wide receivers. So if you're gonna overspend a little bit, I, I think you, I think that cornerback position in that division is a lot bigger need than bringing over that. You know, wide receiver for 72 million when you had two decent ones and you have some good picks that you can get, and I get it, I just don't love it.
0: The, the, the giant strength is definitely the secondary now with Bradbury and they got and Dory Jackson, they got three starting caliber safeties with Hill Peppers, Xavier McKinney and, and Logan Ryan, and they also have Julian Love, who plays Nickel and Darnay Holmes. So the secondary should now probably be not addressed in the draft. Um, the other thing the Giants did was they did retain Leonard Williams, which they had to do. Um, they were backed into a corner on that, and Leonard Williams was really holding things off until they finally, finally signed him. And they re-signed a neat Solder who will probably compete with Matt Pert uh, for uh, at offensive tackle unless they draft somebody. So now, D-Man, I feel the Giants had four main weaknesses coming into the, into the offseason, wide receiver one, cornerback two, edge rusher, and I still don't love the offensive line. I think they've now improved too and have to address the other spots in the draft. So in the free agency, I give them a B plus uh, D man. What were your thoughts with grades or, 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 do you, what do you think they still need now going into the draft?
3: Well, it's funny. I mean, obviously he upgraded, you know, with the talent and they definitely overpaid and in regards to um, Kyle Rudolph. I agree that he's certainly not worth the 6 million and he's certainly at the end of his career. But the one thing that he does bring is that veteran presence who knows how to, you know, make the, you know, the third down catch. He's also, you know, can actually catch a touchdown in the end zone, unlike Ingram. And maybe he can teach Ingram to not drop the ball. Uh, keep in mind, he was the MVP of the 2012 Pro Bowl game. So we don't even have that. I mean, Ingram was a Pro Bowl player, but he's a, he doesn't even have that uh, award. So
0: 2012 Pro Bowl?
3: <laughs> Yeah, I'm you're, sure you're, no you're,
0: one you're, knew you're that. Really, were reaching. I, I heard he was. Uh, I heard on his high school team, he also was the best player. And that was in 1998. <laughs> yeah. What's D man? Man, two really D man showing off the Intel with the 2012 Pro Bowl. I'm, I gotta tell you, I've never. And been there you go. And
2: no one knows whether he's lying or not. He said it with conviction, no, and we all believe him. We,
1: we need a fact, yeah. check. The fact check.
3: You know, in regards to the, the uh, Reggie Ragland uh, signing, which, you know, isn't a huge deal, but it is an upgrade over Downs and Mail, So that is an upgrade. And I agree they don't need to go in the draft to get a cornerback. I would still love to get one more receiver, one of the top receivers, because I'm not sold on the edge rushers in the draft for the first uh, round. Um, you're, getting ahead still-
0: you're, getting, you're getting ahead of yourself. You're getting ahead of yourself. Uh-huh. you get to the draft in a minute. Merker, what were yeah. your overall thoughts? I mean, you've heard from everybody else. It, as a Jet fan, what do you think about what the Giants did?
1: Yeah, I think the Giants actually did really well. I've told you this before. I'm not a Giants hater. I root for them. Um, but I think they they filled holes. They were aggressive, which is unlike Gettleman, as you mentioned. And most importantly to me is that the, the picks that they made, or sorry, the free agents that they signed allow them – to really get creative and and be able to take a player that they might not have been able to take if they hadn't filled some of these holes in free agency. And we're going to talk about it in a minute, but it opens up a lot of possibilities for the Giants. Whereas for the Jets, which I know we'll talk about soon, they have to fill every single hole. So I I actually like the draft. B-plus is a perfect grade. All right, so you guys
0: seem excited to get to the draft. And as
1: we've mentioned, the Giants made themselves
0: a little bit less desperate in the draft. They have the 11th pick. Which I think Neil is a prime prime spot to potentially trade down
2: um, a bit. Absolutely. I mean, if someone's willing to trade with you, you know, that's, you you need, obviously, you need two teams to trade. You know, the one thing I'll say about the Giants, and then we can, you know, get a little into, you know, the draft and, you know, we have to say, but you got to, one of the important things is you got to ask yourself, where is your team in, in the cycle? Are they complete rebuilding? Are they, you know, competing for a Super Bowl? Are they somewhere in the middle? You know, where do you want to be in two years? And that's when you look at some of these signings and say, all right, what is Kyle Rudolph going to do for you? By the time they compete, he's done. You know, what is someone else going to do for you? If they're an older player with two years on the contract, they're not doing anything for you. They're just taking up space and money. I'd rather give some of the young guys an opportunity that could be part of the future to show what they can do. That's, that's my only two cents on the rest of it.
0: No, I mean, listen, you know, I think the Giants feel that they're in, in a playoff or bust uh, position right now. Um, I, I, I can guarantee you they've been rebuilding for three years. This is year four. If they don't make the playoffs, it's, it's a bad year. Yeah. So we were talking about Gattelman. He doesn't like to trade down. Um, he's never traded down. So what did the Giants do? Uh, I mentioned I don't think they're going to go cornerback anymore. They might go wide receiver. I think they would still add a Devontae Smith or a uh, Jason Waddle and Waddle, and and some mocks actually have those guys dropping. However, I think the most likely position they're going to go is either offensive line or edge rusher, which means for me is get ready for the classic Dave Gettleman reach pick. And remember the name Jalen Phillips from Miami. Um, Everybody went there to see Greg Rousseau, but Phillips is the one who had an insane pro day, and reportedly the Giants are very high on him. Our boy Alex Wilson claims they are but before getting excited about Phillips please keep in mind this guy almost quit football when he played for US UCLA and does not have much production to speak about outside of the season and and I'm sure Martucci will give us a little bit more about him um, i think you know other guys the giants that could be in play for the giants will be kitty poway and i still think martucci's guy that he mentioned a long time ago was Z ojalari from georgia is still in play on the offensive line i still think that Gettleman will have a hard time if the wide receivers are gone and he doesn't love the edge rushers passing on Rashawn Slater of Northwestern and or Elijah Vera Tucker or other possibilities. Uh Martucci right now whom are you mocking to the draft to the Giants
2: with the draft? You know I Alex? actually think that synopsis was right on. Uh, oh oh wow. damn covid flare up. Sorry. Um <laughs> I think the key point you made um, in free agency, you know, of what they've done so far is they've made it so they're not desperate for one position or one player that they have to reach on. And it's a lot of how the board falls to them. You know, ideally for the Giants, if Mac Jones slides to them, you know, you can have a team like New England or Washington or Chicago that wants to move up a bit. And, you know, they're in a great space to move back and pick up some.
0: You know, Neil, before you go, I know you don't love Mac Jones. You've been great, but. All reports today have this draft starting at number four, with Lawrence going to Jacksonville, Zach to the Jets, and they're saying the 49ers are locked in on, on Mac Jones. I mean, I know, I know you hate it, but that's that's all the intel right now. And these guys have been pretty spot on. I mean, uh, is that Mac Jones? I know Mac Jones is not the quarterback's going to drop. I, don't, I actually don't know any of them.
2: My honest opinion, truthfully, is that, you know, I know we we're going to talk about it a, a little bit, but I don't think San Francisco's made up their mind yet. You know, from all that I've been reading is that there's a little bit of a power struggle going on right now that Kyle Shanahan wants Mac Jones, that that's his guy. He believes he can step in right now, run that West coast, quick hitting offense. You know, it's that five yard pass kind of like he was doing at Alabama and let the playmakers, you know, go about their things. I mean, he's a pure pocket passer, and truthfully, if there's anywhere he can succeed, it is San Francisco, but Kyle Shanahan kind of has that thing going like his dad did in Denver with running backs. He, as long as he gets his type of guy, he feels he can mold him to run that offense on the.
3: If they really want Mac Jones, why they well, trade up? The, well, him? exactly.
2: And that's a great point. And to me also, John Lynch right now is talking. He wants Trey Lance. And in order to get Trey Lance, you'd have to be in that three range. And, again, you just don't know who, you know, in four, five, and six, what they were asking for. They could have been asking for the same package, and they said, okay, let's just go to three in case. But, oddly, in, in the most mock drafts that I've seen, the probably most popular pick for three right now has been Justin Fields again after his pro day. So, uh, <laughs> if I had a pick right now, I honestly would pick Trey Lance. Um I don't know why they'd be doing smoke screens right now, but I, I do truly believe they haven't made up their mind yet, which is why that going to three gives them the option to let it play out to the end and pick their guy.
0: You digress, but who do you mock the giants at number 11? It's, That's all fine and good, but nobody here cares about the 49 It's so key that
2: you put mock with the giants. Um, but again, you know, Offensive line or edge, obviously, are, you know, if they can't move down, or two of the big positions. I love Slater or Vera Tucker for them, being they're just so versatile. You know, you don't know where the Giants' weakness falls along the line right now. So, you know, they can, they can plug and play in any of those positions, which is pretty rare. Uh, Jalen Phillips is, you know... On, on a lot of radars, he's the number one and uh, edge rusher right now. Kitty Pau, I think he's fallen off a little bit. He came out smaller than um, expected. If I had to pick right now, I'm saying uh, Rashawn Slater.
0: Okay. Well, we look forward to Neil Martucci's Mach 2.0. Um, we're hoping to have Martucci and Jay Schwartz, our, our version of Kuiper and McShay, on a show before the draft. Um, but Martucci, you'll be coming out with your Mach 2.0 when you have some time. I know you're a busy man. <laughs> um, you're not reading through all these things, yes, yeah, definitely soon. Uh, D-, D man, um, who are you thinking right now at number 11 for the Giants?
3: Um, I kind of agree that if Rashawn Slater is somehow there at number 11, they're going to pick him. I think Gettleman is still on that offensive line crusade. Um, I think he saw tape at the 2019 game against Ohio State where he handled Chase Young very well, probably fell in love. Uh, the question is: Is he going to fall that far back? Again, we need another uh, D-man fact check because
0: we, he's pulling out things from two thousand and nineteen, and none of us have any idea if that's true or not.
3: It is true. I ain't making <laughs> this crap up. <laughs> 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 um, if Slater is not available, as a you know, I would take another uh, wide receiver. If I, I personally think, are-
0: I personally think, if one of those four, one if if Pitts or or Smith. Or Waddle are available because I'm, I'm going to assume Jamar Chase is not going to be available. I think Miami will take him at number six. Um, if one of those other three guys are available, I think the Giants are taking them above any of these other guys. I, 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 think, I think Gettleman's ready to double down on a receiver. Those guys are elite wide receivers. So I, I pers- and, and there's been a lot of mocks where both Smith and Waddle are available at 11. I don't see that happening, but I still think wide receiver is their number one choice right now.
3: That's my opinion. yeah, and I just, I just don't want to take one of these first two edge rushers. Uh,
0: I only do that, that in trade early. down. I only do that in a trade down scenario. I mean, um, <laughs> this guy in BigBlueInteractive.com has, has has from inside sources tell him the Giants have spoken to New England about trading from 11 to 15, but that you know, is contingent on one of the quarterbacks, one of the top five quarterbacks, falling to 11, and I'm sure that's going to happen.
3: So, anyways, we yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. the other player that I, I also wonder whether or not they would take a shot on if he's there is Micah Parson uh, from Penn State. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's, he's a, he 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 is a polarizing figure. I've read, and, and this guy from BigBlueInteractive.com, is that the Giants are not interested in him.
2: He's um, one guy I so. would not want he for them. I mean, it's yeah, not a huge need. System. It doesn't fit his system. He's a freak athlete, raw player that has character issues. You know, if you're going to go that way, you trade down a little bit. Jameen Davis from Kentucky is probably just as good, if not better without the character issues. So I just, I mean, one of those guys you mentioned has to be there when the Giants pick. I mean, you're going to have in all likelihood four quarterbacks, maybe five quarterbacks go, you know, Sewell's going, you know, Chase is going, you know, you know, Pitts is going. I mean, that's nine picks. Chances are,
0: Search, search exactly, you know,
2: uh, Dallas is going yeah. cornerback. You know, at that pick, so yeah. there's just there's still going to be great players when they're there.
3: Yeah,
0: no, it, you know, it's going to be very compelling. Well, and we, you know, we're going to keep talking about it until we get right up to the draft. But I think the Giants' pick is, you know, is definitely is most likely going to be one of the names we've mentioned here, uh, unless there's like a you know a Gettleman Reach that we're not thinking about. Um, anyways, let's move on to the Jets now. In last week's missing episode, this was actually my favorite part of the entire show, so I think it's worth redoing again. So, uh, Martucci, take a listen to this and see if you remember all this. Suffering. We all know that. For them, winning by any means is really all that matters.
1: How they, how they win, who they have to get to win. What's
0: yeah. is
2: the man.
1: Yeah. Get yeah. those
2: rumors.
0: rumors mean nothing look at LT how he we'll turned out what we'll <laughs> clean up is that bring sap to Sapp new york the go player. take care because of all the rumors sap drops and he drops and the jets fans all of a sudden begin
1: whipping themselves into this kind of frenzy where they say oh yeah we're going to draft one sap the jets have about 10 minutes to go
2: on the clock and uh, the fans are letting
0: you know which way they want to go. And then, lo and behold, the Jets throw the curveball of curveballs. <laughs> wow, he's in the shot. With the ninth pick in the first round,
1: the New York Jets select tight end from Penn State, Kyle Brady.
0: And maybe that's why you don't take tight ends in in the top ten of the draft. This should be another Kyle Pitts health warning. I know Merker is no um, spontaneous reaction. You heard it last week, uh, <laughs> that Kyle Brady pick, but I think it was, I think it was worth uh, putting on there. Um, the big news for the Jets this week, and, and Merker is is chomping at the bit. Sam Darnold was finally traded. Now, if we've talked about Dave Gattelman and we've talked about Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold is probably number three on the hashtag topic list of this podcast. And Merker, I think you know we are all starting to wonder where would Sam go. Right. I mean, you know, I know Martucci was hoping it would not be Denver. Am I correct to say that, Martucci? D-
2: depends on the compensation, but yeah, <laughs> pretty much.
0: <laughs> Seth Kaplan was hoping he'd stay with the Jets. You know, was the biggest Sam Darnold apologist. Mercury, you change your mind every day like the weather. And about 3 p.m. yesterday, I was watching a Happy Days rerun because I re-watching the entire show. I wasn't working. I was chilling. And the word spread like wildfire that Sam was on his way to Carolina. I, and I must admit, Joe Douglas got himself a decent haul. He got a sixth rounder this year, a second rounder, and a fourth rounder next year. And I, and I think there was limited interest at this point. So I never thought the Jets would get a second rounder. I mean, it was really down to Carolina and Denver, I think. Now, I know this is why Jeff fans live with the mantra in Joe Douglas, we trust. But there's definitely a segment of the fan base and media that feels sticking with Sam and getting a haul for that number two pick might have been the better path. Merker, post-mortem, what are your thoughts on saying goodbye to Sam? And did the Jets actually do the right thing?
1: Well, first of all, I have to give you props for watching Happy Days. Uh, that is a tremendous And it transcends now. It's still funny. It's still funny. I agree. And, and the laugh track. Still funny. I, I gotta tell you the so one funny. character um, I didn't
0: find funny when I was growing up was the mom. She's hysterical. Anyways, we
1: do <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk Sorry, about that. I'll talk about that another time. All right. So, so yes, you're correct. I, I wavered on this every day, maybe every hour, maybe every second. Um, I, I, I am a big Sam Darnold fan. Um, I don't. I don't think this is. This is on Sam Darnold. Um, I think this is on the horrible Jets organization. Adam Gase. You go down the list. Um, I, I did not want him traded because I wanted that haul. I wanted that number two pick to be sent to someone that was dying for a quarterback. Uh, and you know, you move back, you still get a great player, and you get multiple first round picks, second round picks, whatever it is. Um, as the weeks went on, though. I started to realize whether I admitted it or not, he had to go. It was just done deal. Uh, and we've talked about this before. Joe Douglas um, wants to cement his legacy by picking his quarterback. Uh, he's made a decision that it's going to probably be Zach Wilson. Um, but I will also give some credit to Joe Douglas. I know you joke about it, but let's, first of all, the Jamal Adams trade. We all agree. Really great trade. They got great return Jamal Adams is, is, you know, to me is, is, he's a very good player. Is he a great player? I'm not so sure. Right. So he's a safety and they turn he turned it into some, some, you know, great value. Um, so when it came down to it, I agree. I was shocked by the return. You know, I heard, we heard way back, maybe two months ago, Adam Schefter comes out and says, Oh, you know, they can get a first rounder. Um, nobody believed that. I don't know what he was talking about. Um, then there was talk, can they get a second round, or maybe he's only worth a third and a fifth. Um, you know, what are they going to get? Joe Douglas turned it into a second and a fourth next year. You wish it was a second round this year, but that's okay. And a sixth round this year. Um, they now have 21 picks over the next two years, seven of which are in the first two rounds. Now we've, we're going to talk about free agency in a minute. He's got to knock it out of the ballpark with, with the draft picks, but he has the picks to do it. So all in all, as I am sad to see Sam go. Uh, I think he's going to do great in Carolina with Joe Brady, Matt Rule, good receivers, Christian McCaffrey who can go down the line. I think he will have a resurrection of his career. Good for him. Uh, they had to do it. And the return was really solid. So I, I all in all, I, I am pleasantly surprised and happy. I think, I think the Douglas biggest thing for this, this for Darnold
0: and, and the D man mentioned this in our group text today. He's going to look a lot better in Carolina blue than he did in Jets green. He's going to bring out his eyes. The D as the D man for That's sure. The D man said in the text today. <laughs> I, I think it was
3: the D man. No, well, no, it that wasn't was, me. <laughs> I meant I just mentioned that the Jets got a you know good uh, value for the lowest rated quarterback in the NFL last year.
0: Yeah, no, nah, listen, I, I, I know for me, yeah. like, you know, my, my, my compliments definitely go with Joe Douglas on the trades. I mean, he's definitely made good trades. But again, and I, and I keep saying this over and over you guys, and, and I truly believe it, he, he's definitely going to be judged on Zach Wilson. I mean, that's for sure. Um, but he's going to be yeah. judged by what he does with these 21 draft picks. He's got a hit on, like, 12 of them, I would say, you know, in, in some way, shape, or form. Because this team's got a lot of holes. So, so Joe Douglas, he talked about it in his press conference. So there should be no shock to anybody. He loves to build through the draft, which made it kind of surprising me. So he must really believe on Zach. And I think it's a lot to do with Martucci also talks about, too, is, is restarting the rookie scale um, with, with Zach. But he must really believe in Zach. And, and his legacy is going to be all about Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson is Ryan Leaf, or is he Justin Herbert? I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. Uh, Martucci, a couple questions for you. Um, what did you think of the trade and how do you think Sam will do in Carolina? Um, we're looking for, you know, more than a, he'll look good in blue.
2: Oh, ah, yeah. I loved his eyes too. you yeah, know, Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, I actually agreed with everything Merker said well, up until the very end. But, you know, kind of like I touched on earlier with the Giants is what I think is great what the jets have done i know how much you love when i compliment the jets um you know the closet i I I, I,
0: I think you're i'm i feel like you're a jets fan i mean you're almost as optimistic about the jets as dave burke and we know he lives in la la land my
2: my eyes do look good in green too but um (laughs) but again what i think is great what he's done is he realizes where they were They were not a contending team. They weren't close to a contending team. So you get rid of any asset that's worth anything. You start over, you put your stamp on the team and you build it up the way you want to, because he's going to be judged on the final product of this team. So, develop that young nucleus you have you know you have a great right guard to start off with you have a you know a stud on the defensive line you get that quarterback you want you brought in some young receivers build that team the way you want to do whether through the draft whether through free agency and then see what you put on the field
0: Nah, i listen it's in any um uh side that you think sam darnold will find the way in carolina find his way <sighs>
2: May I mean I don't know if that's an answer but he'll do okay I mean he'll do better than in New York I mean if any quarterback that switch teams or will switch teams can be Tannehill I guess it's him but I mean how many Tannehills have there been other than Tannehill recently and let's make it let's not like make it that Tannehill is a superstar you know can he be a the twentieth best quarterback in the league I guess but is he really that much different than Bridgewater? I mean, why will he succeed while Teddy didn't, um, you know, I mean, y- you have McCaffrey, which is great. You can throw the, you know, four yard swing pass to him and let him do his thing, which is the same thing he was going to do, you know, when they bought in with
0: Frank Gore, he tried to do it. With Frank <laughs> or Gore. they, they spent <laughs> a they spent a fortune. <laughs> what's his
2: name too? The running back. That's what Bell. Bell. he's Bell. supposed to do. And,
0: yeah, let Le Le'Veon Le- 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 Bell would appreciate you calling yeah, him. all what's the- It's
2: name. about what he's worth now. But DJ Moore, you have it. You lost Samuel.
0: Robbie yeah. Anderson. He re- re- he reunites. Ro- Robbie Anderson had a career year getting away from Sam Darnold. Now he has Sam exactly. I
2: mean, back. what? I just don't know what we've seen from him that is going to make him that. Franchise quarterback that everyone hoped he can be. And he has a ton of talent, but he just hasn't gotten it yet. And to start getting it in year four or five, the Jets, in my opinion, the Jets did great. You know, Douglas did great. What he, you know, what he got out of it. I could have seen him if they didn't get the offer holding on to him for the beginning of the year, but he, he can't, you know, go with what the fans want. This is his team. He showed that starting fresh. Good for him.
0: D-Man, now I know you're. there's no bigger hater of Sam Darnold than you. So what, what do you think of all this?
3: No, know. I think the Mets, uh, the Mets, the Jets made a great trade. I can't believe they got what they uh, got. I mean, everyone knew the Jets were desperate to get rid of him, and I, I can't believe Carolina gave him that much. I mean, they better hope that he somehow becomes, you know, this great quarterback because it's going to look as a really bad trade for Carolina down the road if he plays like the way he's been playing.
0: And moving moving on now. So now the Jets, as Merker so eloquently put, are loaded with 21 draft picks over the next two years. Um, I didn't. I got to be honest. I mean, I didn't understand the Jets' free agency. Um, they seem to ignore most of the positions except the defensive line. I mean, they signed Tevin Coleman, but that guy's good to miss eight games per year. Um, I did love the uh, Carl Lawson signing. Um, not as big on Corey Davis as others are, but they the contract was reasonable. Um, overall, I gave them a B minus. I almost got my head chopped off by the jet fans on our group text, but Mercury, I don't think at the end of the day, you disagreed with me as much as everybody else did.
1: Uh, well, I, I didn't disagree with you because you know, the glaring holes still are cornerback and offensive line. And there were some big cornerbacks and offensive linemen that went off the board to the giants and other teams that it seemed like they didn't even make an offer. And that that was confusing to me. Now, I know, and, and Neil can confirm this later when we talk about the draft a little bit more, I know it's a very deep offensive line draft. So if we're trusting Joe Douglas and these draft picks, he'll probably fill it with a couple of offensive linemen. Uh, I know there's also a bunch of good cornerbacks. So again, the hope is he hits a home run at that position. But I, I agree, you know, we went back and forth in this, you know, I, I am a realist jets fan. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about some of the signings I really liked. Um, I just don't understand not at least trying to get uh, a couple of these big offensive linemen, maybe one of these cornerbacks. It's an absolute need. Um, And, and, you know, similarly to how the giants now have flexibility in the draft, it would have given you more flexibility to take a, a skill player. Maybe, you know, maybe, a wide receiver or, or something else that you need by signing one of these free, and we had the money we still have the money, so um yeah, that was a little bit confusing to me, but overall um i, I like the draft, and if you'd like, I can kind yeah of yeah that's, uh, to the well, players
0: just, you know you hit on the players that you really liked and the ones that made you any time anytime, anytime that, we
2: yeah. could hear your voice, it's a good thing so
0: yeah yeah I mean I mean I mean Oxford fat Oxford
1: fast forwards to this part so. All right. Well, then I'll, I'll continue to talk. Um, So here's the, uh, let's start with the obvious Carl Lawson um, grand slam that, that was a great signing. Um, They needed an edge rusher. They needed a young edge rusher. That is exactly what Carl Carl Lawson is. Um, Don't have to say much more about it. I I love that signing. Um, I actually like Corey Davis more than you, Pete. I think, uh, you know, I know he's a physical wide receiver He's a very good blocking wide receiver. Um, you pair him with Mims, who is also seems to be a very good blocking wide receiver and has some ball skills. Um, did they overpay him? Perhaps. But I, I I like this guy. This guy was highly touted coming out of college. He's had a couple down years. Last year, he was real good. Um, he's a number two. He's not a number one. Could he be a number one? Maybe, probably not. Um, but I like that signing. Very solid for me. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman does not get me excited, but this zone, you know, the zone run scheme that that Lafleur uh, likes to run, I think he'll be fine. They're still going to have to go running back in the draft. There's no question about it. Um, you know, I also underrated signing. I know this, you probably will laugh, but the, you know, Tyler Tyler Croft, and only because again, physical blocking tight end, um, it fits with this Lafleur scheme. So is he going to catch you know eighty balls? No but it fits the scheme. So I like the players uh, on the offense for sure that they're signing because of the scheme on defense. uh, You know, you build through Quinn and Williams. Of course, he seems to, you know, be on the way to being something special. Um, You know, we made fun of the Sheldon ranking signing, but this is a guy that, you know, has absolute skill. He's been injured. Um, I, I think he's, he's a nice piece. They didn't pay a ton for him um vinnie curry doesn't excite me that much but again another defensive lineman we see see what he's got um you know and then i guess the the, the one that is underrated for me um and we'll see how this works out uh it, believe it or not is keelan cole um he is their fourth wide receiver right um you know because jameson crowder mims and Corey davis um, but this guy, from what I've read, is a fantastic route runner. He's fast, and you know what? else? can blow the off 2011 all, st-
0: all Pro All Pro team.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was did. in flag football, though. Um, so I I, yeah. I, I was, lo- that was his fraternity intramural football a, team. Ex- yeah, so I, I like that signing a lot. It's not going to win them any Super Bowl, of course, but I think you know we're kind of making fun of it a little bit, I think, you know, he's going to have a nice season. So, uh, you know, B minus for me, uh, I, I didn't love free agency. Um, I've said this on our text messages and on the, on the Facebook page. Um, the obvious here is Joe Douglas has got to hit it out of the ballpark in the draft. I agree over the next two years, um, uh, those 21 picks, he's got to be, you know, 40%, 50% at least. Um, and you know, hopefully that's what we're going to get this year. Uh, we'll talk more about some of the picks, but overall Pete solid, but I'm not ex- as excited as I would be well, as, let's, if let's, I were let's get into the ben. draft,
0: um, since you've been talking about it and, and I think Merker, I think we've been saying it for weeks, I've been saying it for weeks, the Jets are taking Zach Wilson. I mean, that's, you know, I don't, I, I think, I think Joe Douglas, all the yes. it today in his press conference, when he said Steve Young had good information, um, you know, he's in love with Zach. Yep. Other teams know it. Um, that's why, you know, Philly couldn't trade up to, Philly didn't make the trade up to three. So, you know, they're going to take Zach. You know, Jay Schwartz, you know, I got a props out to Jay Schwartz. He's been talking about Zach Wilson before it was popular to talk about him. We were talking, he was talking about him replacing Daniel Jones, but instead he's going to replace Sam Darnold. I mean, I'll, I admittedly have never, I've seen Zach Wilson play once. Um, he has definitely has some tools, but, you know, level of competition. I'll, I'll let Martucci talk more about Zach. Um, in a minute Um, but as important as Wilson is and and if he's as good as people think he is it's it's what we're talking about again it's how Joe Douglas drafts with the rest of his picks I think the Jets still need two cornerbacks at least they need two or three offensive linemen and I still think they need a running a young running back Um, you know Martucci we, we, we uh, now I'm very anxious to hear first I want to start with what your thoughts are on Zach Wilson versus the rest of the quarterback class and how you compare him to quarterbacks drafted over the last few years. Um, And and then I want to hear what you think, where the jets are going with the rest of those premium picks. And if you have some names that you've heard associated with
2: the jets. My honest answer is I know enough to know. I don't know enough. And I do believe while I think the great quarterbacks make the system and kind of like Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson is you kind of build around that quarterback. So you kind of figure out which guy you want and then how and if you can build that offense around them. You know, do I have Zach Wilson as the second guy? No, but it's meaningless. You know, he has all the tools. There's no reason that this guy can't succeed. You know, there's enough guys out there that love him that think he can be better than Trevor Lawrence and maybe, no, and the Mets blowing another lead. Um, and actually, and you know what? <laughs> maybe he can be. So if that's Joe Douglas's quarterback, you go it' seems like it's the worst kept secret. every single you know person and their sister was mocking Zach Wilson even when we were talking about, oh, they could trade it, they can do this so it, it's the right pick whichever one you know is there a chance that all four of them are good? Sure, you know what Zach Wilson should do fine for them, so you know I mean that's the obvious one. You know, then you kind of go the rest of the way, right? You know, I know they have pick twenty-three after that, you know, and as Merker said, you know, there's there's a lot of needs for this team still. But you know what? The thing with free agency, which I always say is, you know, you're you're going after guys that their own team didn't want. So you don't pay a huge premium for them. You fill out your roster, you fill out some holes, you know, you you set what your price is and you go. But, you know, I know they need a quarterback cornerback as you know, as you guys have all been saying. And one of the interesting situations for them could be if Caleb Farley falls. You know, a few weeks ago, he was quarterback one, you know, being mocked all over to Denver, even at pick nine, going ahead of Sertain. Um, but then he had his, uh, came out that he had a second back procedure, you know, obviously, which isn't great. But since then, it's been deemed minor. So depending on the medicals, if he falls to you at 23, you can get arguably the best cornerback in the draft at that. You know, if not, Greg Newsom is another name to watch for that pick. Uh, you know, I've seen him rated right up there, you know, with those top three, um, you know, cornerbacks with J.C. Horn being the other one. Um, you know, Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky is solid there, too. But there's lots of corners, you know, though, in round two, three, and four that you can really get to build depth and, you know, that can come in and start, you know, right away if, if you need there. Um, and I know a lot – Who's who some Who's some running backs you think the
0: Jets could be looking? I I I can't imagine that uh Robert Sala, and McFlore are going to go into the season with Tevin Coleman, Josh Adams, and and Kareem as their running backs. We've we've had this. I, I think they're going to take a running back in the we've first had round this or early
2: talk many round, times. Right? About how much I hate running yeah, backs. But we are we, we're are we, we, eight we, weeks with later. That said, so, you know, as much as I hate running backs early, you know there's a lot of talk with yeah. Etienne or Harris being the first running back off at twenty three. I don't think they do that. But what an interesting scenario would be, which I can definitely see happening, is that the Jets trade up that second pick in the second round to be one of the last two picks in round one to take whichever of those running backs are available there. And the reason why it's interesting and you do it is, you know, okay, why do you move up three, four picks? You know, why do you give up something for that? But, you know, with with that first round grade, with that first round pick, you get him for a fifth year. You have that fifth year option for It's like, with the Chief, it's like right. what the Chiefs, it's like what the Chiefs did with Edward Trill. Right. At, at thirty-one, loud. the cost isn't much to move up. It's not the fifth year option isn't much. If you take them at that second pick in round two, you only have them for four years and you don't want to give that running back, you know, a big contract after that. So at least you have a solid five years. So, you know, you have twenty one picks, you know, as you know, Merker said before, but you don't have room for twenty one players. You're not turning over.
1: Well, Martucci, that is the point. No, right no. I'm honest. sorry to, to interrupt you. You were just – yeah, that, that was the point you just made. I, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I think that the, the scenario that I've been reading is exactly what you said, is that there's a good chance that they're going to see how the board falls, of course, and then that second pick in the second round, if one of those running backs is still sitting there, they feel like they can get him they're going to trade up and have that third first round pick and go get one of these running backs. And then the North Carolina running back is, has been, you know, flying up the boards as well. If not, if, if you, if you take a look at the teams ahead of you, you don't think they're taking running back. They do have the second pick in that second round. So that gives you flexibility. They have the second pick in the third round, the second pick in the fourth round. I mean, fifth round, sixth round, second pick. So they are high picks in each of these rounds they have a lot of flexibility. We know Joe Douglas has to do a good job here. Um I think I think you guys are right. Caleb Farley is really intriguing to me. He could fall. Um if I'm the Jets at tw- if the if the medicals check out and he falls, that is who I'm taking. Um I'm not taking a running back. I I don't really care about taking a running back in the first round. If you take a running back in the top 10 picks, that's another story. But end of the first round, beginning of the second round, it, I, I think it's fine. Um, quarterback is a huge need. Um, And I think then he'll pack the, you know, kind of some of the other rounds with offensive linemen. I think it's a deep draft rounds of offensive linemen from what I've read. Um, They, they need a running back. They got to get one of these top three in my mind Um, and, and, you know, got to get one or two cornerbacks, but all great points by Neil. I I think that it's going to just depend on how the board falls to us. I'd say the last thing I would add is they still need another edge rusher. I, I could see them taking, you know, one of these if, if pay falls back or Rousseau, um, I could see Salah saying, hey, go get me one of these guys. You took your quarterback. Um, I want to I want another edge. So it's it's fascinating. And, and I'm going to be um, complaining. Hey, about and as a special as they treat to
0: our readers. Martucci has just texted me. That he is going to do his mock, not only a round one mock, but he's gonna go right to that Jets third pick in the second round for everybody.
2: I'm very gracious like that, apparently. Wow. Wow. Now I'm gonna hold out for a second hat. So
0: Martucci, uh Wow. Yeah, well, you oh. run out of hats. Anything to, co- anything to
2: cut anything to cover my face.
0: <laughs> anyways, uh <laughs> anyways, moving on, because the D-man's chopping at the bit <laughs> to talk about the 17 game season. Um, you know, we got a few more we got a few more weeks to talk about the Jets draft buzz. Um, And the Giants, I think that'll be the next Big Blue Saloon contest is correctly pick who the Jets take it to, which would be easy. Who The Giants take it 11 and who the Jets take it 23. You know, that'll be the next Big Blue Saloon contest. Um, In other NFL news, we touched on it before. The Niners are traded to three with the Dolphins and the Dolphins traded back to six with the Eagles. Um, We talked about it before. Uh, You know, it's a Mac Jones versus Trey Lance debate. The Dolphins look really smart. and he made two trades and probably filling up with the guy they want, whether that's Chase or Pitts. Um, we'll talk about that more later. But without further ado, D-Man, talk about the seventeen-game season.
3: <laughs> well, I, I think it's. I mean, look, I understand why the owners want it. Obviously, it's more income. First of all, they should have gotten rid of at least two exhibition games. But you know how we deal with in the NBA? They did. They did, they did, ma- they did didn't they? One, not two. Uh, one. Yeah. They got rid of one. You know, in the NBA, you have to deal with the load management. You know, I can see that happening in the NFL now. The the, the National Football League is such a violent game. There are so many injuries. Okay, the players barely make it through the season, and they're going to add another game, regular season game. I, I mean, I understand the financial aspect of it, but... It's also about
0: putting, the, about putting the Super Bowl now on President's Weight Day weekend. I don't think that's lost upon them. But of course, it's mean, not a big you know, deal. The,
3: but I mean, well. you know, you're going to have teams that are going to want to give certain players more day, uh, games off just because they know they have another game. Obviously, it depends on how well they're doing. But if a team is doing really well, you could see certain players being rested or load management. Um, you know, obviously. NFL is different than other sports. There's only 16 now, 17 games, but I can see that happening. And maybe because I'm thinking from a fantasy football perspective, and thank God, hope my prayer doesn't be rested for you know week 13 um, because they added another game. You know what I, I mean? mean
2: I, I think D-Man is right on on this. I mean, you know, wh- one of my biggest one of my biggest really? issues is hypocrisy you know, and you have the NFL coming out and saying, we really care about these players. You know, we don't want them getting injured. We're going to make sure they don't have concussions. You got to come out of the game. You got to do this. Okay, you know what? We really care, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to make you play on Sunday night. And then after that, you're gonna have three days rest. You're gonna play again on a Thursday. And here's what you're gonna do: then after getting beat up twice in four days, you're gonna fly over to London. Let's see you play a game over there, or maybe let's go play a game <laughs> in Mexico. And so you're playing at like three in the morning your time. <laughs> on a on a on a, on a field. I mean, you're how could you K- say you, you care out. about the players and put them through this? I mean, it's it's absurd. Dude, yeah. yeah
0: there's probably not a more viral vile human being in sports than roger goodell to be honest with you i mean
2: uh, but just say what it is say listen we're going to do anything uh, for money we're going to do anything for money and we don't care so either don't play or play the 17 games say it like it is
0: hey for me listen you know an extra week of football is great for me i'm happy about it i mean I mean, for D-Man, it's great because it's a one – like I said earlier, it's one less Sunday that he's got to go to the mall. No, from an so, entertainment
3: I mean, perspective, yes, it's great. But thinking about the players' health and safety, I think it's they
0: also got it They also got it wrong. They should have done some sort of rivalry game with that set. Like the Giants and Jets should be playing each other every season. That's, that's an opportunity to do that. You know, you can have Dallas versus uh, whoever or Dallas versus Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh versus Philly or – you know you you, you had you, you, you use that extra game i mean i know there's all not natural rivalries but for me you know that's what the fans want to see i could care less about the giants versus for, versus miami who fucking cares i want to see the giants versus the jets uh, if i'm going to an extra game but you know let's see you know let, let, let's see how this all plays out um, a last topic on football before we touch on march madness and guys i don't want to spend a lot of time with them on this because this topic perhaps bores me more than anything but deshaun watson um, who at the beginning of the offseason was the quarterback that we were all talking about being traded. All of a sudden, there's 22 charges against him. You know, we, we've been talking about this in the text. we got our legal expert, Seth Kaplan, chiming in. I'm not sure, you know, uh, I mean, can he still be traded? It looks like Denver's the last spot. I know, Martucci, you'd still take him. Um, I, I, I you know, I'm a guy who's into conspiracies. I think this has all been very convenient to keep Deshaun Watson in Houston. Um, That's just my opinion. I don't know. Merker, how do you feel about this?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, this has been crazy. Um, I, I think the timing is very curious. Obviously this guy is the, the big ticket that's going to be traded um, has a great season. And then, you know, we have, we have to believe the acute, you know, the accusers of course, and you know, the, you you know, they're going to, they're going to take a look at all these different allegations um, but it, it's strange to me. You're starting to hear some leaks about, you know, uh asking for money and trying to settle out of court and you know, it just it just and, and I don't know that Deshaun Watson is a good guy or a bad guy. He might be the worst guy in the world. I have no idea, but the timing is very curious. And, you know, um whether it's somebody in Houston the that's doing this, the organization, I have no idea. I'm not gonna get into that, of course, but uh I, I it's it's amazing to me he went from you know we had 15 teams he was going to and now it seems like the only possible team other than staying in Houston is Denver i mean it was so weird and uh you know i, I can will john elway do that kind of trade i don't i don't know that he wants that pr nightmare but um yeah it's it's been fascinating and yeah, boring at the it, same so. time
2: uh neil i'm sure you still take
0: ultimately,
1: them Denver, though, right? Like,
2: like you know everyone else would say I just hope the truth comes out eventually. You know, whatever it is, if it's something against him, I hope every single person that had this conspiracy theory goes down. If it's something that he truly did, then I hope he goes down. You know, it's good that at least one person filed a criminal suit so you get some sort of investigation into it. You know, I'm hoping they're doing their due diligence behind the scenes and really kind of finding out what's going on. You know, do I think exactly like Mercer said, is he a good guy? I don't probably not. But is he criminal? I don't know. Do I take a chance on it? On a football sense, I get. You know, I don't give up as much for him. But you know, you still have a couple weeks to let it play out, and you know, I could change my mind four other times. Um, but
0: yeah, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Anyways, let, let, let's talk about March Madness. Um, let's let's listen to this clip quickly. It oh, was the right thing. This will do it. This will do it. Scott Drew's dream comes true.
2: Folks, Drew and Baylor complete college basketball's greatest rebound and rebuild with a championship.
0: That guy, Drew, deserves a lot of credit. Um, So, you know, we, we had the episode last, you know, missing episode um, where we had college hoops enthusiast Michelle Hulavichik join us, and she gave us some good info where she did actually tell us Syracuse would make the Sweet 16, but again, her pick of Iowa was best that it did not go viral. Uh, D-Man and I both like Gonzaga. We actually nailed the final game of Baylor-Gonzaga, but that actually only helped me finish 46th, and I think, Diamond, you finished 48th or something like that. Merker, you were the best of us. You picked forty. You finished 41st. And you had Illinois winning it all, correct?
1: I, uh, yes, I did. Um, I, I got lucky. I mean, 44. Uh, I mean, my kids did, did better than well. me. Lauren, fin- Ryan finished 18th
0: and Lauren finished 23rd. So I actually <laughs> finished third in my family. But none of us were more impressive than Martucci finishing 19th 90- pretty impressive, isn't it? <laughs> That's pretty damn good. But nobody better than Dave Ringo Starr coming in last place. I think he tanked it on purpose. And because of that, he wins the, the uh, one VIP ticket to the exclusive now Neil Martucci NFL draft party since Neil Mars uh, bailed on it, which I could predict pre- predicted was going to happen, which is why we always had Martucci in the uh, backup plan. Um, in the final analysis, Baylor, not Iowa, had all the ingredients that my father used to say was required for a national championship great guard play, potential NBA first round picks, and Jared Butler. Nobody helped their stock more than and Mitchell, which was, it was really funny because uh, Donovan Mitchell and and Mitchell were going at it on Instagram yesterday after the uh, after the game or LeBron James. It was it was pretty funny. And then he also had those athletic bigs. Gonzaga did not know what hit them. And as I mentioned earlier, I did love watching Jalen Suggs. He's going to be a great pro um, probably on Detroit. Um, But lastly guys What stood out to you about March Madness And D-Man I'll start with you I know you're not as much of a March Madness enthusiast As the rest of us And I actually think you accidentally watched more of the women's tourney Because you thought the men's tourney was on ESPN And you got confused Um, But let us know what you thought about it
3: Well I just enjoyed having it back Um, Obviously the UCLA uh, Gonzaga game was incredible Um, You know unfortunately the last game wasn't I mean you're right I don't know too much about it um, but it was very competitive, you know, love all the upsets, which makes it a great tournament. Um, so, to me, I'm not the biggest college basketball fan, but the tournament is one of the greatest things that as a sports fan can enjoy. Yeah. Merker, what, what did you think of it? What, what stood out to you?
1: I, yeah, a couple things. I agree with D man. You know, the upsets are always yeah. fantastic. You know, Oral Roberts. I mean, I've never heard of UCLA, that. University UCLA, UCLA, first 14. Um, you know, the, yeah. Amazing. And that that was my other one. UCLA, uh, Cronin does a great job with that team. Those those players just what you know, they want to die for him. It's just really fantastic to watch. And and you said it earlier, you know, um so many people in our area, so many people we we all know went to Syracuse to see. Bayheim is just an all time coach. He's he gets his players to play hard. His sons on that team buddy. who buddy played man. well. Yeah. His son is a good ball player. Yeah, He's, you spot know, up he could shooter. Be, he yes, can make absolutely. an NBA a, NBA team. Spot up shooter. So, and then just the last thing, like I said last week or a couple of weeks ago, is it was great to see these guys that are going to be picked in the first, you know, ten to fifteen picks, uh, and, and a couple of them really rose to the top. The obvious one is Suggs. Cade uh, Cunningham had a kind of a mess tournament. He only played a couple of games, but uh, he'll be the first pick most likely. And just seeing some of these guys, Mobley w- looked good. That was what I was looking for. It's the individual guys I'm going to, I'm going to notice in the draft. Uh, hopefully one of them or, or a couple of them fall to the Knicks, uh, but uh, overall, fantastic. Johnny, I just of, from of what UCLA.
0: I, I mean, I, nobody here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, however you say uh, his name, man, he
0: looked good. Uh, you know, we're not going to take what you said about basketball seriously. Football <laughs> with a ninety-second and a hundred fourteen finish, but uh, what mean, your, the uh, first two days of March, March, Madness, March Madness, March Christmas.
2: I mean, the Hanukkah, whatever. You know, two days of two days of yeah. March Madness, but it's. I mean, I absolutely love it, but. The thing that stood out for me was more of the team aspect than the players is, you know, for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, it's those one and done teams that have been dominating the Kentuckys, the UNCs, the Duke, Kansas. They were all non-events this year. You know, a couple of them didn't even make the tournament. It was nice to see that some of these teams with players that stick around college for three, four years, they're the true student athletes that got rewarded. And that's, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, no.
0: Yeah, Baylor, uh, that guy Butler is a senior. Yeah, and some of these guys that junior. went
2: 100%. from not even on an NBA radar to now could, could make an NBA roster, you know, a second-round guy. And, you know, like you said before, it's nice to see for the Drew family. You know, one of my earliest uh, March Madness when we used to go out with our friends' uh, memory is when Bryce hit that shot for Valpo in probably like 97. Right. So, you know, all in all, it was, yeah. you know, as disappointing as last night was, it was a great tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Gonzaga is an interesting, you know, you, when you when you talk about college basketball powers, you never think it's Gonzaga. I mean, I know somebody asked me, where's Gonzaga? My daughter always asked me, where is Gonzaga even at? Um, But don't sleep on them. They're going to be back next year. The number one kid high school player uh, is a good friend of Jalen Suggs. And while Jalen Suggs may be leaving, uh, Chet Holmgren might be coming in. Now, they're going to probably – they're going to lose Suggs. They're going to lose Rispert. They're probably going to lose Ajayi also. But I think I think Jake and Timmy will probably stay, and, and they'll be adding this kid, Chet Holgram, who's the number one high school player. So if you're looking ahead to next year, which is actually going to be very confusing because there's this new transfer portal where all these kids are transferring. It's crazy. Um, we'll get into that more, uh, you know, in the weeks that come. But uh, don't 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 feel bad for Gonzaga. They'll probably be back next year. Baylor's actually going to struggle. This is probably a – they had a two-year window. They lost it last year, and, and um, this year they did it. So, yeah, like you, I was happy for the uh, – Drew family. Now, as for our March Madness pool, and this was a incredible pool. It was, you know, my favorite pool of the year. It's not even close. Congrats to 16 year old Jared Pincus. As he was the grand prize winner, he's the son of Brian Pickis, Pincus, who's a big time contributor on the Big Blue Saloon homepage. He will take home fourteen hundred dollars and dollars. Not bad for a sixteen year old. More importantly, Seth Kaplan can rest easy as his daughter, Holly is still the youngest winner of the pool. She won at 13 years old. Nick Demetrio, whom I don't know who he is. He came in second place. He cashed in his $700 prize within three seconds. He came in second place. I don't know if anybody knows who he is. You guys know who Nick Demetrio is? Yeah. Sounds like a nice Greek guy guy or something. And then my cousin, Jason Storm finished third and, uh, that's the bigger shock of them all. This guy, he picks his teams out of an ugly fisherman hat, but somehow he came in third and wins $240, as mentioned earlier. Um, Dave Ringo Starr came in last, which is a skill in itself, and he wins one exclusive VIP ticket to what is now the Neil Martucci NFL Draft Night Party. So that, that puts a wrap on the March Madness pool. It was very good. We had 128 entries. Um, it was a lot of fun. All of you, all of us participated. I listed how how we all did, which was a little embarrassing, but it was still fun to uh, watch. So, anyways, um, if you're a listener, please do not forget to join the Big Blue Facebook Big Blue Sloan Facebook page. We're now at 177 members, up 14 from our last episode. And if you're not a member, you're missing out. Now, Neil, you got a ton of sports friends, and I was looking at you that. You have the not recruit a friends pretty space.
2: freely almost wow. as much as you do experts. I, I have people that tolerate me.
0: <laughs> I mean, the D man has come out, come alive and added people. I mean, if the D man can add people, you certainly can. So if you're going to be a regular contributor and an expert and do mock drafts, you should have your friends see your work. I mean, Merker's friends are all over the page, too. So, you
2: know and we, and
0: what happened to the Neil Martucci Friday Yes, poll? I'll bring
2: it back. Sorry. I'm in the corner. I'm stuck. I'm getting punished. I, I mean, I, the, guy his, the
0: guy gets the guy gets like his the guy gets the hat. He doesn't put the poll I mean, out
2: anymore. Sorry, honey.
0: <laughs> I know, I give, I give Martucci a lot of tasks. Anyways, uh The next prize is at 200 members. So I continue to ask everybody to invite folks to the page. I'll admit I've been a little lazy with it myself as of, uh, as of late, the 200th member will receive a big blue saloon prize. Probably not a hat, but it'll be some other sort of paraphernalia. Um, Anyways, Merck D man Martucci. We'll start with Merck. Any last thoughts? Knicks major league baseball vaccinations. Merker, you post about your dogs all the time. Anything goes
1: here. Yeah, there's, yeah, those dogs are cute. They're they're a lot of fun. Um so I, I was going to talk about the Knicks, but I'm actually going to shift cuz the Knicks yeah, we we'll we'll can talk for we'll a minute. We'll uh, I'm going to give you weeks. I
0: had it in here and I thought the show would be too long cuz we should definitely talk about whether or not they should make the playoffs or not. So
1: yeah. I agree. We'll talk about that next week. So I instead um I'm going to give you the up-to-date rankings of our fantasy football uh um you know no. league. I'm sorry, fantasy basketball league. Um so here we go. Ten ten teams uh in eighth place currently, uh Peter Storm with thirty-six points. Uh Mr. Neil Martucci uh has lost three points tonight. He is at thirty-eight in seventh place. Uh Matt Narlinger, our buddy, uh in fifth place with forty points. Uh me, Brett Murphy. You also have have like, seventy five more games than anybody else with forty points. <laughs> Yeah, we're screwed. We're screwed. Totally screwed. Um, And then Mr. Eric Diamond is now in fourth place with 53 points. He's down one and yeah, a half is, tonight. He, Eric is in the money is, right now. MO, right, Pete? He's is top four? Draft
0: drafts like shit. And then all season when everybody <laughs> else is paying attention, Every else, everyone else isn't paying attention, D-Man somehow rises like Lazarus from the dead, and somehow he ends up in like third, fourth, third, fourth place. Or he, and he's actually even won. He won baseball. So I don't know. And –
1: and and it, and the last thing I'll say about this yeah, is um guy, John, I guess it's John Wade is in second place. Um nice guy. Uh, uh, you know, if he wins this pool or comes in second, it is because <laughs> of my team. We have made three trades with this team, and I don't <laughs> think a single one worked out he, for him. He us. is They've a nice all guy. worked out for him. I will say that.
3: Uh D man. Um, I know you didn't want to talk about the Knicks, but I'm I'm tired of them losing these these tough games. Um it's They don't deserve to make the playoffs. I mean, the experience, yeah, would be nice, but they still need a go-to player, um, and it's not Randall. You're Um, not enjoying the Julius Randall crunch time bricks? (laughs) You know, just watching them lose these tough games. I mean, at least least they're competitive. They're actually over 500 for the first time in God knows how many years. But, you know, they keep screwing up the draft. I mean, just watching Tobin, oh, my goodness. I mean, every year they – F up the the draft. It's like their scouts know nothing. I don't get it. I've never seen an organization year after year after year just screw up the draft. I don't. We, we we
0: we could do we could do a whole show. We could do a whole show on and, the and, draft. I mean, and I, did, I, and and, Merker, I, I just broke this down the D man for the last four years, right? So they took Frank Ntilikina, bust. Kevin Knox, bust. R.J. Barrett. That was a no brainer. Ryan could. My son Ryan could have picked R.J. Barrett. I mean. It was a three-player draft. They picked third. They took Barrett. He was the right pick. Um, And now this year with Obi Toppin, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not sure what – listen, I'm not sure what what they're watching. And and what makes worse with Toppin, he's 23 years old. It's not like he's 19. So, I mean, mean, D-Man, you're right. But this precedes this – I mean, this is a lifelong problem. My father went to the grave, and I know this is my second mention of my dad. But the Knicks have never drafted well. I mean, Kenny Walker, Trent Tucker – uh gerard mustaf mike sweetney Ramondo bachman uh yvonne jumper it goes on and on and on What's and that on guy on they on. picked
3: uh one year and he never played for us because he played up in europe or some french guy or something french, like that frederick or... frederick weiss weiss yeah, that's it yeah frederick
0: weiss so i mean this is this is a this is a lifelong problem d-man you're just kind of picking up on it now but um murker and i could talk about this forever so but did, we're going to get more into the Knicks now with the football dying out a little bit and March Madness over. So.
3: And did baseball Wait, start? I don't know.
2: Did it? Well, my final thought is is I can see my Mets are in mid-season form uh, already, blowing the lead in the bullpen in game one. And we were talking about it at work today, and someone had a great line they said being a Met fan is like being stuck in the movie Groundhog Day. I mean, is there any pitcher that's had worse team support in history than Jacob DeGrom? Yeah. And that guy should be going 20 and four every single year, yet he's 11 and 12, 11 and 13. You know, I'm checking now. They're up 6 1 in the bottom of the seventh inning, and yet somehow they're only like a 51% chance of winning the game. I mean, it's just amazing to watch. Uh, and finally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I can't I can I personally can't wait for the reaction of Met fans when Francisco endorsed. Hey, Three hundred forty one million
2: doesn't go as far as it used to. You know, inflation and all.
0: I I mean listen, you you know, you guys gotta be happy with Stevie Cohen as the owner. I mean, you know, I know I I you know, listen, no I'm a Met hater. I hate the Mets. I think I maybe mean, D Man and I we used to go to every Met-Yankee game and yes torture and, each other over them. Yes um, and
2: no, though, because um, they're becoming the Armando Yankees. Benito. All the reasons the Mets didn't like the Yankees in the 1990s and overpaying for this guy and this guy, you know, it's always nice to win. So I'll take winning over losing any day. But, I mean, you don't want to be that team that just has to win by, you know, giving everyone an extra $100 million. No,
0: nah, listen, I mean, you know, it's, it's the truth, and, you know, I had promised we wouldn't bore everybody with baseball. I mean, like D Man said, I mean, the baseball season started. Garrett Cole struck out 13 guys today. I mean, does anybody, you know, I mean, here's, you know, does anybody baseball without fans is just, you know, like.
2: One finally, I mean, congratulations no way, to everyone yeah, inducted into the WWE so. Hall of Fame tonight. You know, I know that interests you, Pete, a lot. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does. I don't, I, you know, I, I still care about the WWE and uh, maybe you, me and Kaplan will do a WWE show someday, but uh, yes, today was the WWE It's WrestleMania week for anyone who cares. Anyway, anyways, my, my final thoughts. You guys kind of stole them. Um, you know, baseball. I'm not excited about baseball. We'll talk about the Knicks more next week. Um, I'm fully vaccinated. So to see the Ken Jacobson email come out today about potentially returning to the basketball court was quite exciting to me. Um, Merker, I don't know what your thoughts about playing again are, um, or Martucci yours either, but uh, how to excite us. I mean, Ken Jacobson, he's the same guy. I mean, I mean, he's so formal in those emails. I mean, I think I, I think I miss reading my own stuff, too.
2: Ken Jacobson's no, the, the nicest D-man man D-man's alive. Um,
1: it was... <laughs> that's true. D-man. Yeah. I, I, I will definitely be playing as well. I'm looking yeah. forward uh, yeah, to I'm just excited about I, this. I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm ready to play. Doing tell me when yeah right there there's three
0: we just need two more we'll have a team anyways uh more thank you again for joining us i'm i am going to hold the right as your uh, uh podcast wife i guess to uh call on you as needed because you know a lot about the draft and whether i agree with you or disagree we agreed a I'll lot tonight for the next it's time, don't scary. Worry. Um, but we'll yeah please do Anyways, it's closing time here in the saloon. We're great to be back today. I missed doing it for the last few weeks. You don't go home, but you can't stay here. A special thanks to Neil Martucci again for joining us. For Brett Merker and the T Man Eric Diamond, I'm Peter Storm. Until next time. <laughs>